Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, February 4th, 2022. If somebody wrote a song about your life, what would it say? What would the content be to memorialize your life and what you have done? We'll think about that as we come to the end of the book of Genesis today. And we look at Genesis 48 to 50. And I want us to particularly focus in on Genesis 49 today. Uh, Genesis 48 tells the story of uh, Jacob blessing Ephraim and Manasseh. And even when you hear later in our reading through the Bible of the 12 tribes of Israel, you will hear of the tribe of Ephraim and the tribe of Manasseh. Those were not Israel's sons. Those were actually Israel's grandsons. And you get a sense of him bringing them into his family, treating him, saying they will have a portion with his sons. And you see that actually when the tribes get their allotments in the promised land. But then in chapter 49, Jacob rounds up his sons and he gives them these parting words. And I guess I kind of think of it like a song because you see it set apart almost in a poetic way there, even in our English translation of the Bible. But there's some things he says to sum up uh, things to his sons. And I want us to think about our own lives. If somebody was summarizing our lives with a song, what would it say? Well, let's see what it says about some of his sons. Let's start with Reuben. In verse 3, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the firstfruits of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power, unstable as water, you shall not have preeminence. Because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. So there, he's talking to his firstborn, you know, my, my might, my strength, right? Um... But he calls him unstable as water and saying, you're the firstborn, but you're not going to be the preeminent one. Why? Because you went up to your father's bed. And we read earlier in the book of Genesis how Reuben did um, commit some kind of sexual immorality with one of the servants that had been given to his father as a wife. We might say, well, there's a lot wrong with that situation. And that's true. But what Reuben did was not right. And so for his sexual immorality, he's remembered in this song by his father, and he really doesn't get the blessing and the honor of a firstborn. Let's go to the next two sons. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Weapons of violence are their swords. Let my soul come not into their counsel. O my glory, be not joined to their company. For in their anger, they killed men. And in their willfulness, they hamstrung oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce. And their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So there we're reminded of Simeon and Levi who lead the charge when Dinah is defiled and they get their vengeance through violence. And you can see here Jacob again reminding that is not the way. But then we're really at the end of the saga of Joseph. And let's see what he says about Joseph in verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful Bow, a fruitful bow by a spring. His branches run over the wall. 
The archers bitterly attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him severely. Yet, his bow remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. And then he goes on really to to bless Joseph, but it describes the strength that he has, that even though he was harassed and attacked, his bow remained unmoved and his arms were made agile. Have we not seen that over this? That he remained faithful, even in adversity, even in trial and God strengthened him. What would you really want the story of your life to say at the end? Do you want to be remembered for sexual immorality? Do you want to be remembered for anger and vengeance? Or do you want to be remembered for a strength and a trust in God? And that's where we have to be honest and say, well, apart from Christ, apart from his grace, uh, there's no hope for me to have that good memory. But that's where we even see a hint of the gospel, a hint of just pointing us to Jesus Christ in here as it talks about Judah. And it says, Judah, your brothers shall praise you and your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion and as a lioness, who dares rouse him? And that should start get us thinking, Who? what's one name for the Messiah? He is the lion of the tribe of what now? Judah. And then it goes on even to say, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. And so there's, you can see there's even a footnote. There's a lot of discussion about what is this until tribute comes to him. And I think it is pointing in some way towards the Messiah. Uh, But you clearly see this idea of kingship and the scepter. And well, David is from the tribe of Judah and Jesus ends up being the son of David. So uh, it's not just, well, who are you going to be? Are you going to be sexually more and angry? Are you going to be a righteous person like Joseph? Well, we're not without the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. But even in this song, we also see that hope that the Messiah was going to come. Uh, the, the king will come. And that's the hope that we can really have for redemption and even for change, for to live a transformed life. It all comes through Jesus Christ. Now, at a practical level, how did Joseph maintain some of that strength and faith? Well, clearly he had a high view of God and his sovereignty. And we see a glimpse of that in chapter 50, because as Jacob dies and he is taken away and he is buried, after that, we see the other sons of Joseph getting a little nervous. And they they say basically, hey, before he died, our father said you need to be nice to us. And he told us to tell you to be nice to us, Joseph. And then it says at the end of verse 17, Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, do not fear for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he doesn't take that time after his father has died. Okay, now I'm going to get you back. He really points to the sovereignty of God and the sovereignty of God doesn't let his brothers off the hook. No, um, you're, you're responsible. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And so he provides even for them. He's not going to get his vengeance because he is trusting the sovereignty 
of God. And that's really, I think, what helped him through all of that time to remain agile, his bow to be unbent, right? His bow to remain strong. Uh, Well, because he was trusting in God and God eventually worked out that plan. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And that's something you should lean on even when literally or people sin against you, right? When you look at that and no, they have done me wrong. You can trust, yes, and and there's no excuse for them. They meant it for evil, but God can, and if you're a believer even, you can know God will work it for good. And so let's trust ultimately in the Messiah, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Let's trust in a sovereign God, and that will help us live a life that when it's remembered, it's remembered for that strength and that trust in God. Let's move on to the New Testament portion now, and you see another idea of a song being played, and we come to that with this story really about John the Baptist. And you see John the Baptist send messengers to Jesus to basically say, are you the Messiah or um, are we waiting for somebody else? And Jesus responds by saying, you know, look at all these things I'm doing. It's a clear response that we could even pull out scripture references for all those things that are messianic to say, yeah, I am the Messiah. But then as they leave, he talks to them about John the Baptist, and he really praises John the Baptist, but he rebukes the crowds for their lack of repentance. And even just thinking of singing and how are we responding to the song of life in verse 16, I guess we're looking at Matthew 11, 2 through 19, and Luke 7, 18 through 35, both referring to this story of John the Baptist sending his followers and then Jesus's comments after they leave. He says, but to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. And so there he talks about what we're playing music, but you're not dancing. You know, we're playing a sad song and you're not mourning. That they weren't keeping in step with really the music that God wanted them to keep in step with because when John came and called them to repentance, they didn't do it. And that's where we need to ask are we responding to what God is clearly saying? Are we responding to what God is clearly doing? And really, or have you repented of your sin? That's what God's calling you to. And if you've miss that, you're ignoring the music that God is is meaning for you to respond to. There's some interesting verses in the Matthew portion uh, where it says in verse 12, for the days of John the Baptist, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Uh, There's some interesting issues with the Greek there. I think the best way to understand it is the first part is the kingdom is actually pressing ahead kind of in a violent way. The the kingdom of God is moving forward, Uh, but then the the violent take it by force, but it's also being attacked. I mean, here really, I think it has in mind the idea of people like King Herod, who has put John the Baptist in prison, right? Uh, 
these violent people are, are doing bad things, but the kingdom of God is pressing ahead. And we can trust that today. The kingdom of God is moving forward. That's not going to stop the violent men of the world from trying to stop it. But we will trust in the kingdom and ultimately know that the king, the lion of the tribe of Judah, he's coming back and we can trust in him. So let's trust in our savior. Let's trust in a sovereign God. And may that help the song of our life be one that's really worthy of being sung, worthy of being remembered as we trust our God and our Savior. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.